Welcome to the Outdoor Country Talk Podcast, hosted by Jacob Poole and Jeremy Shaw, where we bring country living and the great outdoors together. Welcome back to another episode of Outdoor Country Talk with Jacob and Jeremy. Jake, we've been on a roll this week, man. This is what, episode number three for the week, I think, huh? We have. We we have actually been very fortunate and had some had some really wonderful guests that wanted to take time and visit with us. Especially since we're about to get into hunting season really hard and I know we're we're trying to, to get a few ahead so that we're we don't run out short. You know, the radio station doesn't really like it if we, we miss one. Yeah. So we're just trying to trying to build our bank of them up, and you know we'll space them out over the next few weeks, and well, all and, that kind of stuff. And not only with hunting season coming up, but also, you know, my kids are playing basketball right now. I spent five hours at a high school gymnasium the other day watching a fourth and fifth grade girls play, and then had to sit around and wait watch the sixth grade boy, which it was really good basketball all between. So it was it was well worth the wait. But five hours in the gym. You know how bad I am. I was. I had just about paced all oh, over yeah. the place and had talked to everybody in there, and I think I'd yep. been up to the concession stand about four times. It was time for me to go. Understand that. Understand that, man. I'm trying to trying not to let this sinus crud or whatever I got get me down. So if I sound a little bit funny, that's what I'm balancing. Actually, just left the doctor's office. Got me a good good shot some some antibiotics and man hopefully i'll be on the mend trying not to let it get me down well i am going to say this when you told me earlier you were going to get shot i, I didn't quite <laughs> read it all the way i guess right i thought you were actually going you you had finally made your mad, wife mad enough or somebody mad enough that you were actually going to get shot not go get a shot so well, I ain't made her that mad yet, so uh, I don't think she. If she hadn't done it by now, I think I ought to be good. You think you're safe if you hadn't if it hadn't transpired already? Yeah. Hey, one thing I, I passed by a while ago, and I want to get your opinion on it. I come down Delaware Macomb, and I noticed the other day that they were building something kind of in front of the office depot, and uh, and I saw a, well, a buddy of mine that works for works for a power company had said he was working on something there, and. And I said, "Man, what are you, what is that they're they're building there?" And I don't know if you've heard about it, but oh, it I is have. an electric electric car charging station. That's a new electric gas station or electric I'm fueling to station. There's not, there's not three electric cars in the three surrounding counties of us. <laughs> Within about fifty thousand people, maybe there's three. There's going to be rednecks lined up charging something there that probably will not be a not be a car if I had to guess. Well, I mean, if you can charge a good battery, I mean, if you can leave a battery on charge for your tractor or truck or for ATV, that's not a bad idea. I, I don't know how it works yet, but yeah, I was through there the other day and asked what it was, and one of the guys told me, and I got to I had the same response. I got tickled, and he said, "Oh man, it's going to be a big hit around here." I said, "Okay, good." <laughs> I, I didn't bother it's to, got to. It's got to be some kind of government-funded project or something. If I had to guess, well, I didn't bother to tell him what I did for a living, so I kind of know what cars are out there in in most of the area. So it was like, okay, yeah, we don't. Yeah, how many how many Teslas do you have insured? Uh, none, none yeah, that I yeah. none that I know of. Uh, but now you know it, it may be a few out there that I don't know about. So who knows? It was who uh, knows? It was definitely. 
wasn't expecting it in the big city of Macomb. Now, if it had showed up in Liberty, I would have just thought somebody uh, yeah, had that, lost that their mind. That would totally be expected there, right? Yeah. I mean, somebody here would use it for something. Like I say, I mean, golf carts, something with a battery, somebody would pull up there and use it for something. Yeah. 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 So, uh, so I think we got a pretty good show lined up here today. We have Miss Denisha Larson with us. And, uh, she's going to tell us a story kind of get her backstory who she is what she does pretty heavily involved uh female figure in the outdoors anisha how are you i'm doing well how are you guys doing we are good doing great doing great man tell a story I, that's like put me on the spot i didn't know i was telling a story well oh, come on now <laughs> Trying to think of what stories I can tell that won't incriminate somebody. Jeremy, now this is coming from the lady who told me earlier she's about to get on an airplane and fly to Texas to go on a duck hunt. So yeah, I'm thinking there's a yeah. few stories in here that we can we can maybe drag out of her. I'm I'm not sure if maybe. <laughs> well, if you if you just happen to go look at her Facebook page and see what all she's involved in, I'm pretty sure a story can come out of there somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, there are lots of stories. There's just, you know, got to make sure I'm protecting the innocent when I tell yeah, them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now, Denisha, we'll tell you what we do a lot. We don't name names, or if we do, we use a makeup name. You know, when I went on my North Dakota trip a couple of weeks ago, the guys I went with, we had plenty of stories. Some I could tell on air, some I couldn't tell on air. <laughs> But I made sure I, I had to use made-up names. I actually had oh, to write yeah. them down so I could remember whose made-up name was who. Well, I mean, it depends on the person. Some of them I wa- might want to name them. Yeah. They, they, they might need to be called out. <laughs> 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 no, we're, we're uh, in about 45 minutes here. We're heading out, heading to Texas for Big Ducks. And um, we have some really, really good friends in Louisiana, Chris Mesh and um, – Brent Sawyer, and we're meeting up with them in Texas and heading out to hunt with Lynn Vaughn, and we're super excited to be going out. We were supposed to go out for teal season, but it's one of those stories. We're heading out for teal season, and a tropical storm hit Houston, and um, our flight got canceled, so we we had to cancel our teal trip. (laughs) You were actually (laughs) in South Louisiana the same time I was. And y'all were fixing to leave, if I remember correctly. You and I were talking back then. Yes. And y'all were yep. about to leave, and I was just pulling into Welsh about the time that y'all were getting ready to go. And was that I remember July? Your trip. That was in July, right? No, that was during teal season. That was. Oh, during teal. Uh... Yeah. No, because we are it's this, for this season. Mm-hmm. Weren't y'all down in? Uh... Oh no, we ended up not going. That's that was the same trip. We were flying into Houston. We were driving up to Louisiana okay. to meet our friends up there, and we were going to teal hunt for one day, and then we were driving from there over to Texas to teal hunt in Texas. So we're we're mm. <laughs> we we don't sit in one spot for very long. So um, yeah, we had to cancel because it's only like a two hour drive from where we were flying in to where we were going to be hunting in Louisiana. So we, we ended up having to cancel it. So here we are, big duck season. It's terrible. We're having to go to Texas and shoot some big ducks. I know. Well, have, you got, a, have you got a report from that area? Well, a cold front came through, and they've been doing pretty decent since the cold front came through, but it's going to warm yeah. up just a hair before we get there, but not too, too bad. 
So I think we'll yeah. be all right. Because the last time that we went out there, it was not slow. I mean, slow for them, I guess. But, you know, for us, it was yeah. like, there are ducks everywhere. But, um, <laughs> um, no, they're doing all right. So we're we're excited about getting there. And our friends who are going out there with us from Louisiana haven't been out there yet. And they're super excited about it. And we hunt with these guys a whole lot. And we love them to death. And they're they're basically family to us. So... We're we're happy to be going out there and just having a nice relaxing weekend at hunting camp and getting to go out and shoot some birds and give each other a hard time and just kind of enjoy ourselves. And Denise, I actually I actually got a little report today from in the Mississippi Delta area. Uh, one of my buddies and went up and done a little bit of scouting and he said everything was looking really good for especially this time of year. We don't open up for another two weeks but he said it was looking looking really good right now oh that's exciting i will tell you we've had so we live we're in georgia and um we live near lake lanier which is where we usually hunt when we're hunting on on our own over here and um we saw something scouting this year that we have never seen in the places that we've looked on lake lanier a huge flock of teal i mean we could not believe it. We actually stopped the boat and went back around and, and sat there and just watched them. We've never seen that up here where we are. Really? And, um, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, we get a lot of um, Canada's because there are resident populations and we get the the east eastern Canada migration coming down. But, um, yeah, we get lots of those and some mallards, loads and loads of wood ducks. But we have never seen teal up here. And we saw a ton of them. So we're super excited about this season. That's awesome. Do you think they've stayed? Or were they headed south, headed to Florida? <laughs> uh, we, we're still seeing some. I mean, we're not seeing the numbers of teal that we were seeing, but we're still seeing some mallards and um, lots of wood ducks still and a good number of Canada still. So we're going to have some birds. I mean, our season opens up here, I think it's the 23rd which, of course, we're going to miss opening weekend because we're running a hunt test. Priorities. That's the priority this year. And um, But uh, lucky for us, we can get into work a little bit late during the week. So we're going to do some weekday hunting, and hopefully all the spots we've been scouting, people won't run all our birds out <laughs> over the weekend while we're gone. So when we come back, we'll, we'll uh, be able to do a little bit of avian control. There you go. Cancel, cancel a few flights. Maybe. Maybe a couple. Maybe just a couple. Well, Denise, tell what us it? this. We, we kind of, when we, when we do our show and stuff, we, we like to ask our guests, you know, kind of where are you from? How did you get started into to hunting? And, and kind of walk us through that a little bit, if you would. Sure. Um, so I am originally from Georgia. I don't have the accent anymore. But um, I've, I've lived in a few different places, so it just kind of went away. Um, but I grew up in Georgia and North Florida, which is essentially the same as South Georgia. And um, my papa always took us out. And, well, I say us. I'm the oldest grandchild. There were no boys for a very long time. So I was the one who got the benefit of all of papa's outdoorness <laughs> and so I did a lot of hunting, a lot of fishing, um, just some mostly fishing 
more so than hunting at, at an early age. Uh, started fishing when I was like four or five years old. I remember the first catfish that I caught. My papa was so excited, and I was so excited. It was like this huge thing. It was like a one-pound catfish. It was this little itty-bitty thing and made this huge deal out of it. That huge deal just you don't realize how important those things are to a little kid. And that kind of thing is, is what solidifies your love of the outdoors, you know, having somebody out there with you who they love it and they're showing you all the ways that they hunt and they fish and taking you through all of these steps. And I just so appreciate that as an adult now um, because I meet so many adults who have never experienced that before and they have no idea where to, where to go to learn to hunt. And, um, I, I was just really blessed to have had that from an early age. And my dad took me out and he actually really kind of helped me to hone some of my hunting skills. We did a lot of small game hunting. My first squirrel I ever shot was a fox squirrel and it was beautiful. And I was super proud of that, and my dad was a hundred times more proud of that than I was. Um, but yeah, I've just always, always done things in the outdoors. Always really enjoyed the outdoors. And um, when I met David, my husband, he was a big time fisherman. Loved to fish a lot. He was actually a surfer. A lot of people don't know that about him. You look at him now; he's got like the beard and all of the the manliness going on, but I mean, he was a little blonde headed surfer boy and, um, always in the outdoors. And I, I just was very fortunate to have met someone that we both enjoy being outside and doing all of these outdoor activities. And we do a lot of hiking and obviously some dog training now only of our own dog. Don't get too excited. Um, (laughs) but no, it's been, it's been, uh, a lifestyle and it's something that we've kind of always been around so we don't really know any any other way to be and um i always find it really funny i'm a lot older than people assume that i am and um i've gotten a lot of comments about being a huntress and a, a new hunter and all the stuff i just wasn't on facebook for a very long time my sister actually made me join facebook because she lives in australia she's actually a, a big hunter too and um, she made me join it because she was tired of emailing pictures to me. <laughs> Hold on <laughs> so. now. Hold on now. Let me make sure I understand this right. You can be a hunter and not be on social media? Believe it or not. I did Kenny, not know it's that. crazy, right? I mean, just because <laughs> I you don't. The, I thought the social media came before you started hunting. No, 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 no. Yes, no, I mean, no. I, I, how um, else can you validate your hunting status if you're not right? on social media? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've had I mean, we've had to learn this game a lot here lately too, uh-huh. and, and and we're not very we're, we're getting we think we're getting better. We're not really sure if we are, but yeah, the uh, the posting stuff and trying to hashtag. I used to pick at everybody about hashtagging something, and then it dawned on me. Okay, well, if you want certain groups to actually see what you're posting, you have to do it, do or that. it doesn't happen. Sure. Okay, I'm 42 years old, and when you're trying to learn something and you're not technologically advanced, it's a it's an ongoing challenge. My children have to show me things all the time. They're like, "Hey, Daddy, look, look, just do this." Yeah, my sister is quite a bit younger than me, so she had to do the same thing too. Just for the record, I am way older than you. Cool. <laughs> and 
for me, I mean, like, it wasn't a big deal to be on social media. And honestly, now um, I'm kind of stepping back from it a bit. I'm not posting as much. And the posts that I do are for friends only. I don't do any public posts anymore. Um, I just, for me, I enjoy going out and doing it. I do the things. And coming up with a story, I'd rather write the story and, like, tell the story somewhere. So I'm right now I'm going to be focusing more on my blog. Um, I have a website, thenaturaladdictiontv.com, and I haven't really been posting on it as much as I should be and keeping up with it as much as I should be because I've been trying to focus on keeping all of the social media stuff going. And um, that's not where my heart is. Honestly, um, my heart is going out and doing the things and having the experiences and spending the time at hunting camp and um, really getting to to enjoy life. I mean, basically, that's what it's all about. And um, I want to tell that story, but I don't want to tell it on my terms. So I, I'm going to be focusing more on my blog and I'm actually writing a book right now. Really? And uh, mm-hmm, I am. So um, that's kind of kind of the direction that I'm trying to go. I'm, I'm backing off from social media just a bit so that I can focus on the things that I feel like are the important things. Well, Denise, I'm thinking that you're going to write a very good book to where if I wrote one, it would be more like a four-year-old, you know, one with pictures <laughs> and maybe the little, you know, you had to touch the fuzzy bear or, you know. A third-grade novel? <laughs> yeah, maybe. I, I don't know if I could make it to the third grade. I'm thinking three to four-year-old, maybe K3, K4. Hey, I would read it because sometimes <laughs> you just need that. You need to just kind of decompress and read something that's fun to read. Denise, <laughs> one, thing, one thing I noticed on your, uh, on your Facebook page is that you are part – are you part of GetDucks.com? Is, it, are, is that fair to say? I, as far as I know, I am. Okay. <laughs> yeah, um, GetDucks is, I mean, Ramsey is a super, super smart guy. He is a great guy. And um, what he has built has been a ton of work on his part. And just, it's amazing to hear his story and and chat with him. And, I mean, he's a wealth of information. He really is. He's so knowledgeable, and he's a pretty incredible man. And um, David and I just think very highly of him. And so a lot of the people who are in Get Ducks, uh, Rance Gamlin and Tim Eskew and Lawrence Galley, there are so many. I mean, I, like, I don't want to leave anybody out, but these guys, I mean, we've actually hunted with these guys. They're just as incredible as... You know, I, I don't even, I don't know how to describe it. Like, just being, the first time we ever met them, hunting with them, was like we had known them forever. And um, we're actually trying to plan another hunting trip with them right now because it's just, we, we chat through Facebook, and, um, you know, they would do anything for you. And, I mean, we just think the world of them. That's awesome. And, um, I mean, it's just like, it, it's like, that is the one thing about social media that I enjoy you kind of have a virtual hunting camp with the people who you do actually go out and experience these things with. You kind of get to keep that hunt camp atmosphere going in your group chats and things like that. And that part of it, I really, really do enjoy. And um, it, it 
kind of helps you get through the the times when you're not out there doing the hunting stuff. <laughs> when you're having to work and having to travel, I just spent 10 days in the Philippines for work. So you don't always get to do the fun stuff. Sometimes you have to actually have to put the nose to the grindstone and do the things that bring in the money that pay for the fun times that you get to have. So it, um, we really enjoy these guys and we think a lot of them and, um, yeah, they're, they're a great group of people. Well, how did you, how did y'all get involved with them? I don't really know, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's a little fuzzy. No. Um, so that the way that that happened, I mean, this just tells you, it, you hear how it's a small world. This is how small of a world. Like, we know Bill Daniels, and we had known him for a little bit when all this happened. But then when, um, during one of the hurricanes that hit Louisiana, Brent Sawyer actually set up a fundraiser for um, helping out the families in Louisiana. Well, David and I went on to the fundraiser page on Facebook, as one of the other benefits of social media, and um, started bidding against each other on things and, you know, like kind of smack talking some people on some of the things we wanted, like in a jovial way. I mean, nothing serious, you know, just we don't take ourselves too seriously. And um, so through the process of that, we ended up winning a few items lost a few items I really wanted and I'm a little bitter still but and um so we met Brent through that website and Brent and uh Chris who is was also part of he's part of also Waterfowl and um you know they're they're both very involved with that they put on a family field day in Louisiana every year and we go and film it for them and um you know they, they do a lot of great things to bring the kids into the, the industry and get them to see what hunting is all about and educate them on waterfowl and calling. And it's, it's a really, really cool deal. But um, they invited us to come out and hunt with them just from, you know, our, our exchanges on Facebook. So we went out to hunt with them and um, chatted with Bill some. He, he came out to the hunt camp and Ramsey was invited to come and hunt with some other people who were there at the camp. And that's how we actually got to meet Ramsey. And, uh, but we had, I had chatted with him some before then, but um, we didn't know him, know him until then. And um, just had a really, really great hunt with him and had a, a great time. And um, we had some really, really good conversations about, you know, what it was like growing up hunting and, what the industry is like and um, waterfowl and obsession, <laughs> just kind of the, the whole, the whole spiel. And um, just from there, it just kind of turned into a thing. And um, we just were part of get ducks from that point forward. That's pretty cool. You know, we'll, awesome. we'll break. Is not too far from from where we hunt over there in the Mississippi Delta, um, so I kind of know in the general area where they hunt at here here in Mississippi. Whenever they they're at home, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, in Denisha, we had the opportunity. I took uh, my son and a, a buddy of his. They killed their first teal this year. Well, we hunt right down there in Welsh, so we're not far from Mister Billy Daniels. 
yeah. over at Riceland Game Call. So while we yeah. were there, I gave him a ring, and he happened to be home. And he was like, yeah, bring them by. He said, I, I hadn't really felt that great, but I, I'll visit with them. So we got to go over, go to his house, went in the shop back there. He showed the boys all of his you know, calling awards and showed them the shop and how he made a call and put a few together for them. And actually, uh, both boys were able to get them a blue wing teal call, and he gave them hats, and they got some pictures. And so they are big-time wrestling game call guys right now. (laughs) Well, I will tell you, there are very few people in the outdoor industry who are as welcoming as Bill and who are as interested in getting kids involved and seeing them love the sport the way that he does, I, he is just a one of a kind, and we just think so highly of he and Monica both. I mean, they are they are wonderful, wonderful people. Well, a funny funny thing to go along with that. While I was visiting with him, you know, I asked him about being on the show, and he said, "Sure, you know, whenever." Whenever you need me to, give me a call. He said, I'll, I'll do one with y'all. And we got to talking, and I don't remember if I had a Delta Waterfowl huggy in my truck or what, but somehow or another the, the conversation got brought up. And I told him, I said, you know, we do Delta Waterfowl in our area, and we have one of the largest kids' events that Delta has across the country. He's like, do what? I said, yeah, we had 210 kids last year, and I said, it's grown every year. So through us sitting there visiting, he said, well, we had 80. He said, I need mm-hmm. to know how to get more. I said, well, if you'll give me a call next year, let's keep in touch. We will uh, we will see if we can't come down and we'll give you a hand. I said, dude, I can bring 15 or 20 kids from my area, no problem. We'll we'll rent a van or something and bring kids down oh, and we'll come so help great. you all. So we, we are actually going to go and help them with their event this year. Look, when he got to telling me what all they had at their event, I said, shoo, I want to come to y'all's event. Uh, you got to watch our videos, man. Yeah, Are you talking worried. about the family field day? Down in Lake Charles? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll yeah. be down there this year. All right. Yeah, yeah. we, we uh, put some videos together for them on it. I mean, it's always an amazing time, and every year it just is better and better. The prizes are for the kids are great, and um, – I mean, it, it just is wonderful. Oh, yeah. I, when he told me what all they, they gave on, away and what all they did, it was like, well, you know, we do a lot, but, man, y'all are outpacing us, uh, <laughs> which there's just a lot larger chapter. Our area, Jeremy and I have said this many a time before, but our area is deer and turkey. Right. We have to travel to duck hunt. It's not mm-hmm. really a duck hunt community. So for us to get kids involved in a duck hunting, we really have to push hard to where down there they're in a duck hunting area. And you have more people that, you know, build calls or that have hunting sure. camps. And, you know, it's just more more readily available down there. So it's a it's a different little setup. But, yeah, we're going to try to see if we can't get them over the 100 mark this year and, and, oh, and see if we great. can't help them grow it. And we'll probably see you there. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. Yeah, I've got, to, I've got to check up with him. I'm going back down next weekend, and I'm going to see if I can't catch him while I'm down there. And do a little more brainstorming. He actually let us in the house, and I don't know. Have you ever seen the turkey he has mounted in his I house? I have. The hooks on that thing are not. That's phenomenal. So then you saw his capricoli. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, we got the we got the complete tour. I mean, he, oh yeah. <laughs> he and I hit it off pretty well. We went to visiting, and you know, we told him I was an avid turkey hunter and, you know, had helped the kids get their first turkeys this year and got them on film. And he went to walking us through and showing us everything. And 
That man loves and hates a turkey. <laughs> I think we all do. If yeah. You, if you have ever fooled with them. I did. I, this was the first year. This season was the first season I called in my own turkey and shot it. It's nothing like it, is it? Man, I'm going to tell you what. I, so Dave was probably, I don't know, 250 yards from me, maybe 300. I guarantee you he heard every word that came out of my mouth after I shot that bird. <laughs> He, by the time I was messaging him that I had gotten a bird, he was already coming over. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. Oh, it was so great. So you couldn't wipe the grin off my face. When it my children awful. got their first ones this year, this past year, the yells, the high fives, the... the oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, there's nothing like it. So I, I'm a... Duck hunter, turkey hunter, everything else is all fair game too. But that's Same. my two passions. Uh, yep. <laughs> well, and we came so like growing up. I mean, it was always mostly fishing, small game hunting, and um, we did a little bit of deer hunting. And we didn't start really waterfowling. And this has probably been about six years ago now, I guess. But um, yeah, I mean, the first time we did it, we were like, "Well, that's it." I mean, sell everything. We're <laughs> We're all in, but, uh, yeah, I, I mean, there's just something about it, the camaraderie and being able to just sit in the blind and give each other a hard time and uh, just everything about it. We just absolutely love. And then turkey hunting, we've just not ever really done it. And we're like, oh, let's give it a try. And, I mean, I've I've gotten a couple of turkeys before, but the one this year where I was out there by myself, I mean, nobody out there with me. Called it in by myself. Actually, called two of them in, and I uh, could have shot them both, but I thought I was going to have a heart attack after I shot the first one. So I was just like, I'm just going to wait <laughs> and just kind of let everything calm down a little bit. But man, there is no feeling like that. Just you're actually the the communication that's going on with that that animal, and you're the reason that it's coming to you. I mean, there's nothing like that. No feeling like that in the world. To me, turkey hunting is my solo sport. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, I may go with one person, but you can't take a group of people like you can duck hunting. Nope. Duck hunting is a, you know, it, it's a social event. It, it's right. a lot of fun. Everybody's sitting there joking, picking. You're cold, mm-hmm. you're wet, you're hungry. You know, everybody's having fun, making fun of somebody else doing something or not doing something at the right time. Or yeah, there's something <laughs> going on. No, no never. But. <laughs> On a turkey hunt, you know, it's it's kind of you and the bird. And mm-hmm. sometimes you win, but a lot of times that bird is going to make you go, what, what just happened? Uh, right. I, I had him coming in <laughs> on a string. I did not make a wrong sound. What happened? And it could be a coyote busted you. It could be a crow called at the wrong time. And you there have no could, idea. There could be 40 different things that, mm-hmm. that caused it to happen. and. And some turkeys you have to run and gun, and some you can, you know, you can call and they they just come right on to you. But it's, you know, it's just a different passion. It's whether you, whether you, it's your thing or not. And I don't know. Well, and and honestly, it probably isn't your thing until you get that first bird. And once you get that first bird, <laughs> you're done. You're you're you're. You may as well just go ahead and sign yourself up. That's, well, right now, I'm trying to plan hunt test and turkey hunting and and figure out what weekends 
different states are opening for turkey hunting so that I can plan where I need to be and what tests I need to be running. It's it's insanity. Hunting different states is always a lot of fun. I know you do it when you're duck hunting and stuff, but you know each mm-hmm. each state has its own little quirks or own little rules. You know, uh, people that don't hunt Missouri very often, you know, the first week you can only kill one. If you mm-hmm. if you'll go up there that Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and hang out till Monday, you can go ahead and take a second one. But you have to have a plug in your shotgun. Kansas, right across the line where we hunt, we kind of hunt usually a lot right there on that Kansas-Missouri line. Kansas, you can take two birds same day if you want to, and you don't have to have a plug. So it's, right. you know, this year I was in Kansas, was fortunate enough to get both of my birds. Had one day I could go to Missouri real quick, so I I had to remember that night. I'm like, oh, crap, i got to put a plug back in my gun. So I threw a plug back in. <laughs> You know, trying to get permit or license overnight because I, I wasn't going to buy the Missouri license until I had finished out in Kansas. I'm like, I'm going to finish Kansas, then I'll go to Missouri. I'm not going to leave a bird on the table and not go get what I, what I came for. And once I finished in Kansas, I went over to Missouri and was fortunate enough to get one that morning pretty quick and was able to actually ride out with the guys I'd rode in with because they actually told me they would leave me, which was fine because I actually was going to try to swing through Kansas and Arkansas. I was going to make a long detour getting home. (laughs) All right, so you're a turkey hunter, so I'm going to tell you something that's just going to blow your mind. So we just did an RV trip with my family from Portland to Denver, and we hit some just out-of-the-way spots for the campsites and things. It's just amazing totally amazing we're ready to just sell everything and get an rv and just travel but uh we're going through oregon and i would have never pictured this in oregon never and we ended up in this uh kind of kind of farming area a little bit hilly i am not kidding you there were minimum 200 turkeys in this one field in oregon in oregon okay we pulled over on the side of the road in an RV in the middle of nowhere to take pictures and, and watch them through binoculars. And there's just mule deer walking around out there and at least 200 turkeys. We got tired of counting. I mean, it was just, I've never seen anything like it in my life. I would have I, never thought of, of hunting turkeys there, but they were everywhere. I've never even heard Oregon being a turkey popular state. No. I, no, we would have never guessed it. We would have never guessed it. And we're all there were four of us sitting in there going, I can't even believe I'm looking at this right now. Well, I've got you a different one. Uh, one of the guys that I travel and turkey hunt with sent a message the other day. He said, we are needed. Can you pack your bag? And I'm like, you know my bag stays packed, not here. What do you... <laughs> What what do you want? What am I needed for? And I, I want to say it was Maine. I may be in the wrong state, but there were turkeys. It was actually on the news that there were turkeys that were on top of cars, pecking windshields. Uh, what? They were scared. This this area was kind of leery of letting children out to play because the turkeys had become aggressive. And I'm I'm laughing as I'm reading this. I'm like, he's so full of bull. But then I saw a little clip of the thing, and I'm like, we can go and help these poor people. I will sign up today. You know, I'm thinking, you know, these poor people should be able to handle this themselves. But if they can't, we can let a South Mississippi couple of rednecks come up there, and we will be glad to help you out. Well, I mean, it's not like you have all kinds of spare time 
But you just want to help your fellow man. That's it. I mean, I'm, I'll be willing to sacrifice <laughs> a little time and go up and help. You know, Thanksgiving's right around the corner. I'll be yeah. glad to pass some birds out and, and share with everybody. <laughs> Exactly. Don't even mind. I'll brush it out and clean it for them. Uh, It'd be a a tough job. It would be a tough job. (laughs) But, you know, like you say, out of the goodness of my heart, I was willing to accept that and and go up and and spend the time to do it. So, yeah, you never know. You're a good man. Don't don't start that rumor, (laughs) man. You'll ruin my reputation you start that rumor. (laughs) But, no, there's a lot of places that – you know, I hear from folks and, you know, now that social media, it's easier to kind of keep up with stuff and friends I've made over the years, as, as you have and Jeremy has, that somebody will contact me from Utah or somewhere and, man, we got ducks or, man, you should see the turkeys or, and it's, it's just easier, I, I believe, to, to keep up with everybody. And there's a lot of neat places that I find the, one of the guys we hunt with, he wants to go to Montana turkey hunting this year. And I'm like, are you sure? Montana? Um, okay. Did you say the right state? He did. He did. Uh, he... Well, that's doing that RV trip. We had my dad was in the RV in front of us, and he's hunted forever. And um, so we had walkie-talkies, and so we're both driving along. We're riding along, like spotting animals, like pronghorn to the right, eleven o'clock, or you know, I mean, we're just going crazy the whole time that we were out there because there was just so much to see but i mean in every state that we went went to there was things that you wouldn't have expected i guess and um it's amazing it's a big world out there we have we have a lot of opportunities that we could uh explore and exploit (laughs) denisha growing up i had an aunt that lived in minnesota for the summertime and then she came south during the winter she didn't like the extreme cold so she came south and i always thought that was kind of odd that you know aunt mary did that and (laughs) as i've gotten older and started hunting more abroad in different places i've told my wife before i said you know when the kids graduate and get out of high school i want to have a place in kansas or missouri right on the edge of nebraska somewhere to where we can start duck season early and Mm -hmm. then as duck season kind of fizzles out there and it starts drifting south we come back to mississippi and then Mm -hmm. as turkey season starts up we work our way back up and that way we can turkey hunt longer oh that's a good idea oh i like it i don't know if some of the the best waterfowling we've ever done was in kansas Mm -hmm. it was just phenomenal i mean there just isn't another word i mean it, it we shot so many birds and saw so many birds of different species. It was crazy. I mean, Canada was like that, but you had less mature birds. So when we yeah. were in Kansas, you had like these, you know, plumed out, just really, really beautiful, mature birds. And there were way more than we could take care of. <laughs> you know, we went to, uh, Jacob and I and a couple other buddies went up to Missouri last year and duck hunting. And, Jay, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't remember a single other species of duck. Now, there's a few different geese, but a different species of duck besides a mallard. That's all That's all I remember seeing. I didn't remember seeing anything else. No, we killed a gadwall one day. But it, it was it was very, very limited on uh, – I don't kill, remember the gadwall. Didn't we kill a gadi the first day? I remember killing a hen mallard, but I do not remember a gadwall. 
<laughs> okay, maybe I'm off. I, I'll have to go back and look through the pictures. Uh, I, I know this, that was a very eventful trip, whether we got to see anything other than Mallard or not. So, Denisha, I, I know you're like we are. Um, the people you travel with make the trip a lot of times. Whether you're actually successful or not successful, the the fun that you have with the, the group of people you travel with is usually way more entertaining than anything else. Hundred percent. If if I if I could share some of the group chats that we have <laughs> with the people that we travel with for hunting, yeah, it, it's uh, it's entertaining. But it's entertaining all year round. That's that's the what I was saying earlier about the social media aspect of it. The people who we do hunt with. We carry on the hunt camp all year. I mean, it, it never stops. So as soon as we see each other, it picks right back up, and we're we're gone. <laughs> I mean, but um, yeah, that that's the thing that I love the most. That's why I love waterfowling so much. I just really enjoy being around everyone, even if I'm just sitting there, not even saying anything, just kind of watching everyone interact and seeing them all in their natural element and loving life and enjoying themselves and happy. I mean, that's for me, that that's what it's all about. Well, and not only that, but as, as we were talking about before the show started, you have started now training your own dog. I've had uh-huh. my dog for a while. I've had dogs before this one. I love watching my dog work, whether she's doing everything right or not, just as much as I like to hunt. My favorite part of it, bar none. That's my favorite part. And I, as much as I'm looking forward to going to Texas this weekend, I'm not taking him with me. And uh, it's it's a little bit different now. Like when we used to hunt before, it was always just perfect no matter what. But now if I don't have him out there with me, there's a piece missing. And even if we go out and we don't shoot a thing, the whole time we're out there, if we never even see a bird, just having him out there and knowing that he's just ready. Whatever I need him to do, he's ready to go do it. That That's just one of my favorite parts of the hunt. Oh, I agree. Uh, you know, everybody always picks at me when we go. I always want to set up on the left side. They're like, what are you doing? Running so the dog? if I don't have the dog, that's when they want to know <laughs> what I'm doing. But if I have my dog, nobody questions it. But even when mm-hmm. I don't have her now, I'm so used to being on the left side that – you know, if we're in a pit or if we're in a blind, now if we're in timber or something and she's on a stand somewhere, it really doesn't matter where I'm at. But, and, and you know, there's different rules when the dog's with us. You know, we... Yeah, you get all the bands. Well, <laughs> somehow or another over the years, I have lost several coin tosses, but I have still never actually brought a band in. <laughs> Me either. I'm right there with you. But, you know, one of the things... You know, no one shoots a cripple other than me once a dog's in the water. Right. You know, you do not shoot once a dog's in the water. Don't right. care. It can be the best flock of the day come in. You do not shoot low if that dog is in the water because I don't ever want to have to explain to my kids what happened. I don't want to have to kill my friends. Okay. No, you took that on a different I, no, level. I'm, oh. very, I'm really lucky. I mean, anybody who we go out with, you know, that for the most part, they love Addie almost as much as I do. So the and even with their own dogs, I mean, they 
there's it's never even a thought. If the dog is out, nobody's shooting. No matter what's going on, if the dog is out, nobody's shooting. And um, so I really don't have to deal with that. But I mean, like we were talking about before before we uh, started here. I mean, the whole reason I ever sent him to a trainer when he was young was I wanted to make sure he wasn't going to break because I didn't want him getting shot. I mean, that's you know our our dog is a part of the family. He sleeps in the bed with us. He's curled up next to my legs at night, and you know, I mean, he spends every day, all day with me. If we're not traveling somewhere that he can't be, he's with me 24-7. And I cannot imagine living with myself if he took off out of a blind and got shot. I just can't. I'd, it, it would be more than I could deal with. Now, you, so have, you have a pretty rigorous field trial coming up, don't you? Um, we just, we're running hunt tests right now and, um, we just got another master pass last weekend and, um, right now I'm trying to finish out his master title and we, I have goals and targets and things like that. And, um, so I'm trying to finish up his master title right now and we have, I've had to structure the next few months around what tests are available. It's hard to get into them. They fill up within a minute or two, depending on where they are. And in the Southeast in the winter time, they're, they're filling up pretty quick. So, um, you know, we're having to go through and figure out which ones are coming up and then trying to map our hunt schedule around what Addie's schedule is going to be. It's always a challenge. You know, you and I talked before the show, you know, you're you're planning around puppy dog schedule, I'm planning around kid schedule. Yeah. <laughs> People don't realize if you're going to hunt and, and hunt hardcore, you know, or go a lot, you, you really do have to to schedule around lots of activities, you know. Especially mm-hmm. you know, you and a spouse are hunting, my wife likes to travel, my kids like to go with us, so us trying to plan trips it, it's it's an ongoing circus, I believe. To yeah, get everybody's and we used to try to everywhere. wing it, which was not very smart on our part. So I like to think we're pretty smart people, but it took us a couple of years to figure out. Um, so we have a master calendar now that we keep my work trips on, his work trips on, Addie's hunt tests on or hunting trips on. We just put everything in one place so that we can see what's going on, who has to be where, when, and figure out how we're going to get there. And then once you have it really organized, you wait for it all to fall apart and completely. Some, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was wondering if yours was like mine, or if yours, you, you know, if yours just actually worked out perfect all the time. Eh, not all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. has its moments. <laughs> I think that's called life. Exactly. It's just called life, but that's what makes it so interesting. You, you and I talked before the show. Uh, you know, life is we say it on here all the time you know life is all about the living it it doesn't matter what you do or what you're enjoying go and do it enjoy mm-hmm. have fun make friends you know, we've made friends you've made friends over the years that we in the hunting community a lot of people don't get it but you can make a friend for a lifetime on one hunt sure maybe not even a whole hunt you know sometimes just a you know a get to talking and you've got a something in common you you share an interest you and then all of a sudden you realize that you've been talking to that person you know back and forth on the phone or instant messaging for six months and it's like dang this kind of stretched out further than i thought it would oh yeah 
Well, this week, I mean, Brent and Chris, who were hunting with this weekend, I mean, that was a few years ago when that that whole thing went down with the um, the fundraiser. And, I mean, now, like, we hunt together every year. And when it's off-season, we both fish together. You know, I mean, we travel to Florida and meet each other, and we go to Louisiana. I mean, it's, you know, it you meet lifelong friends doing this stuff. And as far as, you know, living life, you're, you make a way to do the things that are truly important to you. So if you really love it, and you really want to do it, you figure out how to make it happen. And sometimes that means you have to choose between two things that you love, like the hunt test stuff. I mean, we're going to miss opening weekend here in Georgia because we're running a hunt test. But I love running him. I love seeing him do what he loves to do. And, I mean, like this last hunt test, he knew he did a good job. He was like twice the size he normally is when he came in with that last bird. <laughs> he was all fucked up. up and, you know, I mean, you just figure out the things that, that matter to you, and then you make the time and the, the effort to make those things happen. I'm going to guess that the pride and joy radiating off of you probably had a, was a little infectious to him. A thousand percent. Yeah. <laughs> One thousand. He feeds off of me, and I mean, he he was so proud of himself. He was prancing coming in, and I mean, just everybody <laughs> could see it. And he just had was just had a light in him. I mean, he he just he knew, and it probably had something to do with me, you know, throwing my hands up in the air and saying "Thank you, Lord," and you know, different things like that. But I mean, he he knows. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Now, Denise, we. We're getting to where we need to wrap up here in a few minutes, but do you have any special stories or anything, any shout-outs you want to let everybody know that, that you're affiliated with or a part of? Or um, Honestly, um, yeah, I mean, there are some people who have been really great to us. Like, we talked about Ramsey and Get Ducks, and we talked about Bill Daniels. I mean, um, Riceland Custom Calls, Bill has been wonderful to us. Um, uh the finisher, David Mastis and Des, his wife, I mean, they, they've been great to us, actually, when they first rolled out the finisher before he really went to market with it. He sent some to us. I don't even know why. We didn't even know him. I mean, it just was a random thing. Like we were talking about how these, these ties get made. And uh, we're sitting in a duck blind in Arkansas telling him what we think of it. Messaging. <laughs> so... I mean, um, yeah, there are some really great people who have been wonderful to us, and, you know, we've, we've tried to always do right by them, and they've always done right by us. And, um, you know, all I can say is just get out there, start meeting people, and, um, you know, there are some really wonderful people. There are some not wonderful people, but those are in the way minority. And um, it's worth it. Just get out there and, and connect. Yeah, that's what, one thing, you know, like we were talking about earlier on social media, I mean, you look at social media these days, and especially hunting pages, they're just as bad as anything else, if not worse. You think, oh, hunters are jerks, according mm-hmm. to you know, what you read on social media. But I promise you, those people are a minority of the group. I mean, hunters, I mean, so, a lot of my best friends are people I hunt with. Right. I mean, solely. And, um, you know, that's, uh, that's my buddies. That's the ones that's my best friends. And, and that's what we do together. So, you know, if anybody's out there. those are the people there, who matter. Those yeah, are the people yeah, who matter. Absolutely. The ones who are having the negative things to say about you, 
they don't matter. That's right. You got to let that roll off of you. Ignore it. Who cares? I will say, uh, so John Justice's wife, Sandy Justice, said something when I was going through an issue with some people saying some really horrible things about me. She's like, it's, it's none of your business what they think of you. <laughs> and that's exactly right. Wow. It's <laughs> exactly like right. That. I like yeah. that. And it's true. I don't know them. It doesn't, I was, it doesn't affect me at the end of the day. I'm still doing the things that I love with the people I love to do it with. And that's all that matters. Well, and see now, I'm a, I'm a, I'm the opposite. See, I like to stir it. <laughs> what? No, yeah, no, I'll, I'll poke back. <laughs> like, oh, well, you can't. You know, let's. You know, somebody comment on something about your duck calling or turkey calling or something. If you, you know, if you post up something, and it's like, okay, well, come on, send me your file. Let's see what. Come on, air yours well, out. Let's let's see it, what we're working with. Come on now, you can't just knock it without throwing your like own. That, you have to be careful with that. You can't get down in the weeds because then you have the people <laughs> just sitting there waiting for you to do that so oh, that yeah. they can come after you. But well, I try not I to go too this, far in the weeds. But I you, do appreciate people like you who jump in and say, "Oh no, no, let's see what you got," because <laughs> then I don't have to do it. <laughs> that's all right I'll, I'll i'll hover around and see if i can't if you know if you need a little help just send me a message hey jake jump on j- jump in here if you can uh i don't mind not one bit because you know we, we talked about it before that uh you know if if you're in the hunting community you have to be able to dish it out and take it exactly you can't just go one way if if right. all you're doing is is good at dishing out smart aleck comments and things then you get sensitive when it gets fired back, then you really don't need to comment at all. Just my thought on it. Uh, right. Because if, if you hunt with us, of social media. <laughs> if you hunt with us, you might as well get ready. We're going to find something we can pick at you about. You will probably <laughs> not leave a hunt without a new nickname of mm-hmm. some sort. Now, sometimes they can be said in public. Sometimes they cannot. But it's all it's all in fun, and that's that's part of what makes it entertaining and why we enjoy doing it so much. Exactly. Agreed. No well, Denisha, we really appreciate you joining us. We're getting getting a little low on time here. We appreciate you uh, getting on here with us. We, I had a great time. I know Jacob did, too. I did, too. Um, Thank we you, have guys. to catch up. We have to catch up midway through season, after season. You tell us what all y'all, uh, what all adventures y'all went on this year, and, and we'll see how everything went. All right. That sounds great. Thank you, man. All right. We hope y'all enjoyed this episode of Outdoor Country Talk. Jacob and Jeremy, thank y'all, and God bless. God bless you. Well, ain't nothing like a southern air. Lord, to make you feel all right. I got the windows down. I got the radio on.